so I'm also here to talk about the the finished work of the cross. As we are celebrating the death of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And Malume, we also thank you as well. Uh, the Lord has used you so strong yesterday night. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, so let's read from the book of Hebrews chapter 9. From verse 1 to 8. Uh, yes. Oh, okay. Uh, let me read King James Version. Now the first covenant had regulations for worship and also an earthly sanctuary. A tabernacle was set up in its first room where the lampstand, the table, and the consecrated bread, this was called the holy place. Behind the second curtain was a room called the most holy place, which had the golden altar of incense, the gold-covered Ark of the Covenant. This Ark contained the gold jar of manna, Aaron's stuff that had budded, and the stone tablets of the Covenant. Above the Ark were the cherubim of the glory overshadowing the untournament cover. But we cannot discuss these things in detail. When everything has been arranged like this, the priest entered regularly into the outer room to carry on their ministry, but only the high priest entered the inner room. And that only once a year, and never without the blood, which he offered for himself, and for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit, verse 8, was showing by this that the way into the most holy place had not yet been disclosed as long as the first tabernacle was still standing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Can I see you, Bazalwan? Are you happy? Yeah. Are you happy? Yeah. Are you happy? Bakona Hallelujah. Amen. The verse that we have just read may not make sense to you. But as I explain, you will understand what I'm going to talk about. I think it is very much important to understand what was happening in the Old Testament. If we understand that, we will understand why Christ was on the cross. Why he said it is finished. Where we have read, the Bible speaks of the tabernacle. 
Yes, the, the tabernacle means a dwelling place where God stays with his people. So the Bible says there it just explain what was happening in two rooms. So I wanted to understand uh, how many know uh, we have seen the pictures of the tabernacle. Do you, do you understand what the tabernacle looks like? Do you understand what a tabernacle looks like? Alright, if you understand, we are on the same page. So, the, the Bible says the tabernacle had two rooms. The first room was the holy place and the second room was the holy of holies. But in the courtyard as well there was a gate where the priest used to get into the So in the courtyard there were two things. There was what they call a lever of water that represent the word of God. And when the priest passed by the lever, they washed their, their hands and their feet every time they passed by that lever. And there was also an altar of sacrifice. The, the, the altar of sacrifice, that's where the goats or the animals were slaughtered. I won't go in detail. Ne? I'm just passing by so that you understand what I'm talking about. So, the way it was, that those of the tabernacle is not like this church. The doors of this church are on the sides. But the door, I mean the door of the tabernacle, do you see where the watch is? The Bible says there were five pillars. And in between it was, there was a vase. And in those pillars there was also a first vase. And in the first room, in the first room, there was a lampstand, a candle lampstand that represents the seven spirits of God. And there was also a show, a table of showbread that represents Christ as well. That is why Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And that he that eats me will have everlasting life. So I'm not here to talk about that. I'm talking about Christ in the tabernacle. So when we come into the second phase, where there was a candle of a candle lampstand, it's called the holy place. And the table of showbread is called the holy place. It's only the where the priests can just walk around and do their ministry. But in the second verse, it's called the Holy of Holies. That's where the Ark of God was. And the golden altar of 
incest was also there. Are we in the same page? Do you understand what I'm talking about? This was the plan of redemption that God had in mind in the beginning to bring men back to him after when man has fallen in the garden of Eden. And as Mr. Chawana has read Psalm 49 that no man can pay a ransom to bring back man because the costly is too high. So there was nothing man can do about it. So man was doomed for life. But God had a plan. When we read Revelation chapter 13 verse 8 the Bible says Jesus, the Lamb of God, was slain from the beginning of creation. This shows the redemption plan to redeem man. Are we still together? Are you still together? So, in the second curtain, I want to take you where uh, I want to talk about this. I'm laying the foundation. In the second curtain that separates the holy place and the holy of holies. That when Jesus died on the cross, it is the same curtain that was torn from top to bottom. That curtain represents the body of the flesh of Christ. That Hebrews 10 verse 20. That curtain represents the flesh that was broken for us. It was an access for us to go into the Holy of Holies. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. hallelujah. So it was only the high priest that was allowed to go into the Hallelujah. So he had the rope. So when he was walking around. Hallelujah. But when he went into the Holy of Holies. He has to go there with the blood of the goats. To sprinkle for the atonement of the sins of the people of God. So when the priest is in the hall of holies, when the ark was, I don't know if you know the ark. Inside the ark, there were two tablets of Ten commandments. Do you know Moses? Moses, when God, when Moses went to the mountain and faced the tablets from God, 
Those two were inside the ark. I'll tell you what it represents. Can someone uh, project Hebrews 10 20? Inside the ark was two tablets of ten commandments. There was also a bowl of manna, a jar of manna. There was also a rod of Moses that budded. Do you understand? So, on top of the ark, there was a lid. Yes, a lid that was created with cherubim pictures. It's called the mercy seat. And nobody can enter there into the Holy of Holies without that mercy seat being there. Let me just be quick. Eh? Oh, Alright. So, the mercy seat. Okay, we'll talk about it. Where, where, where should I start with? Ah, <laughs> oh, I wanted to see this one. That the curtain that separated the, the, the Holy of Holies and the Holy Place represented the flesh or the body of Christ. Because the Bible says, by a new and a living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. So when Jesus was hanging on the cross, when he said it is finished, what do you think about it? what was finished? He was crucified in the morning. In the afternoon, the earth couldn't believe what was happening. It shook. The sun said, What is happening? This and then became dark. And, and the grave says, What is happening? And then it the graves it opened and people got up and they walked in the street of Jerusalem hallelujah that was the day Jesus was hanged on the cross I'm trying to connect my message Son, when Jesus was hanged on the cross, three things I want to talk about. Number one, let's read Romans 3, verse 25. Romans 3, verse 25. 
Okay. Oi, God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. He did this to demonstrate his justice because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. 26. He did it to demonstrate his justice at the present time so as to be Uh, what what is it saying here? It says, "Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood, to declare His righteousness for the remissions of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God." Let me let me explain quickly. <laughs> so I said to you, in the Hall of Holies, there was the ark. Inside the ark, there were two tablets. Those two tablets was the Moses tablets of ten commandments. So they represent that Christ is the end of the law. When Jesus was on the cross, that's Romans 10 verse 4. It says when he was on the cross, he was the end of the law. The law was fulfilled in him. He was our substitute. He was giving the antonement for our sins. The blood of the animals only covered the sins of people. But the blood of Jesus erases them like man has never seen before. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes in him. So when he was hanging on the cross and then he said it is finished. He was saying that the law ends here. That's the propitiation. Yours talks about the antonement. What does it mean, the propitiation? It means to satisfy wrath by sacrifice. It means also that which removes the penalty of the law. Because man has shortfall of the glory of God. So Jesus Christ has to stand on our behalf. So when he was on the cross, he bared our sins. He paid our price that you and I owed God because we were sinners. So when he was on the cross, all God's wrath 
was exhausted on Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. He was paying the price for humankind to come back to God. He was the mercy seat. That which pays. That which removes the penalty of the law. All the wrath of God was upon Jesus. The Bible says he was hang, when he was hanging on the cross, he became sin, not a sinner. And then the Bible says God left him. He cried, Eloi, Eloi, why have you left me? Because it was during that time that Jesus was paying my price to stand here and talk to you. It was, it was during that time that Jesus paid the price for you to be here and hear the word of God. He was paying the price. And when he was on the cross, he didn't pay what we own, but he overpaid. He was crucified 2,000 years ago. Before you and I were born. But our sins today are still covered by the payment that Jesus has paid. When you read the book of Isaiah 53, we said he was mitten by God. A man of sorrow. We hid our face. We didn't want to look at him. It was during that time that one man carried the sins of the whole world. He was ending the law. Because the law was fulfilled in him. I agree that the time Jesus was born, it was the dispensation of law. Amen. Hallelujah. I need from the beginning, from the Garden of Eden, we had the. Do you know about the dispensations? We had the dispensation of innocence. I we are in the dispensation of grace. Hallelujah. The first one was the dispensation of innocence. And then the second one was the dispensation of conscious. And then the third one was the dispensation of human government. And then the fourth one was the dispensation of promise. And then the fifth one was the dispensation of law that ended on the cross. And then at the same cross by Jesus' blood he started the dispensation of grace which you and I are Living in. Hallelujah. Amen. There are seven dispensations. 
The last one is the dispensation of millennial reign. That is still coming that we will live with Christ 1000 years. I, I, I know I, I know maybe you might not know, know about this but I'm not here to talk about it. Hallelujah. Amen. So all God's wrath was exhausted on Jesus. He paid for our price. Touch your neighbor and say neighbor. Jesus paid for my price. Hallelujah. Jesus paid for your price. That is why the Bible says for God so loved the world. Why? Because Jesus paid the price. God is no longer angry at you. Can I say this? Maybe it might confuse some of you. Do you remember those days when you have done some Lord, I'm doing this for the last time. And then you do it again. And then you think God will be angry at you. He's not angry at you. Sin was dealt with on the cross. Our sins were dealt with. God does not have a sin problem. Because he has dealt with In it. the Old Testament, the tabernacle that I was talking about, the blood of the goats was dealing with the outer problem. The sins of the people of God that it covered, but it was not dealing with the root problem of sin nature. But when Jesus died on the cross, he was not dealing with the he was dealing with the root problem. So that when you and I believe in him, we become the righteousness of God. Number two, when Jesus says it is finished, he was there on the cross to fulfill the plan of redemption. The word redeem means to buy out, to repurchase. Touch your neighbor, say, neighbor, I've been bought back. Hallelujah. I'm in the position where God wants me. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was away, but now I'm nearer to God. God has brought us back to Him. That is why the Bible says you do not belong to yourself because you were bought by the blood of Jesus. He don't belong to yourself. He belong to Jesus Christ. That is why your body is the body, is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Where he resides. Why? Because he bought us. The time the time not creation The term, the, the term redeem in the Old Testament was used specifically in reference to the purchase of a slave freedom. 
kwakuthethwa ngokuthengwa nokuhlangulwa kwe kwe when you were slaves you were in bondage nobody can buy you except someone who is related to you so someone who is related to you was was able to buy you out of slavery. That is why now that we are in Christ Romans 6 says sin has no power over us. So if there is anyone who lives in sin you are living in a low life. We have been called into the higher life. When Jesus died on the cross he brought us out and then he established the priesthood because in the holy of holies nobody can enter but the priest I want to repeat this. In the holy of holies, nobody can enter except the priest. So when we receive Christ, we become priests all of us. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. We become priests. Peter says, you are a peculiar people. You are a royal priest. That is why the Bible says, Come into my throne room with boldness, with courage to find mercy and salvation in time of need. Why? We have been made priests. We have been bought back. We are no longer slaves for sin. You have got, you have got power over sin. We have got power of the devil. We have got power over the devil. I don't belong to myself anymore. My master is Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. He has redeemed us. Bought you out. Let me show you something. When you live in sin, something that you were freed from, I can liken it like oh mama or ubaba control It's like a parent is controlled by a child. And the child tells you what to do and what not to do. You see there's a problem. That's living in sin. You cannot put yourself under something that we have power over. We have been set free. Jesus has dealt with the root problem. We are no longer sinners. You don't go to hell just because you have gossiped someone. You you go to heaven because you have been made righteous. It was not because of your performance. It was not because of your working. It was because of the work that was finished by Christ on the cross. Hallelujah. Amen. We were made righteous. We were made holy. To be holy is a condition. It's not something you make yourself. To be a saint 
It's something that is a condition you are made saints by our faith in Christ Jesus. It is finished. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. The last thing then we close. When Jesus said it is finished. He was reconciling us back to God. Listen to this. Propitiation which deals with the wrath of God. The propitiation in it deals with the wrath of God. Is the Godward aspect of the work? Is Godward aspect of the work? So redemption is concerned with the enslavement and entrapment by sin. And it, it, and it does the sinward aspect of Christ's work. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. So now reconciliation is the main word aspect of the finished work of Christ. Because it directly relates to our fellowship with God. The word reconciliation is used in Romans 5.10. Romans 5.10 So the basic meaning of the word reconcile as determined from the Greek language is to change completely. Oh, hallelujah. In reference to salvation, in reference to salvation. Reconciliation is the act by which God brings men into a complete changed relationship with him. Hallelujah. Who has got uh, amplified classic here? Amplified classic. I want to show you something. Uh, read uh, Hebrews 4 verse. Is it Hebrews 4 verse man? 10. Chapter 4. Let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace 
Okay. I want those let us then fearlessly and confidently and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace. The throne of grace. When you have done something wrong, you run away from God. Okay, in, in the bracket it says, The throne of God's unmerited favor to us sinners, that we may receive mercy for our failures. And find grace to help in good times for every need. Appropriate help and well-timed help coming just when we need it. Uh, do not therefore fling away from your fearless confidence. Do not, again, do not, do not therefore fling away from fling away your fe- fearless confidence. Yes, confidence. <laughs> <laughs> For it is carries a great and glorious compensation it of rewards. A great and glorious compensation. What? Our confidence. You understand that? Mm. It says, away, our fearless confidence towards God because it carries a great rewards. It is It is Sunday, Do not be scared of God. He is on our side. He is no longer against us. That is why the Bible says, if God is for us, who can be against us? No devil can be against us. But God is on our side. He is not angry at you. No Even if you make a mistake, do not be scared of him. Draw near. With confidence. Fearlessly.